0: evening, I want you to turn to 1 Samuel, chapter number 21, 1 Samuel, chapter number 21. In just a moment, I want to begin reading in verse number 1 in this particular portion of Scripture we find in the pages of the Word of God. I'm well aware of how inadequate I am to be a preacher. I understand how weak and how feeble I am as a child of God. But I'm just as aware that I serve a God that is so powerful, that is so omnipotent. He can take somebody so weak and so feeble and do anything that he wants to. So if you would just give me a few moments, I want to reach out to that omnipotent God, and I want him to touch me one more time. I don't know why God lets me be a preacher. I've cried more tears than I thought ever imaginable the last few months of my life. But I've felt the hand of God. I've experienced the grace of a holy God that I did not know was available to be that real, to be that mighty. So if God would give me a few moments in this place, I want to preach on the testimony of every believer. Whether God raised you in a Sunday school class or whether you ended up in the gutter of this life, this is your story. This is your testimony. Whether God has put you in a Bible-believing fundamental Baptist church whether God dragged you out of the filth of this world, this is the testimony of every believer. Whether you grew up in a preacher's home, whether you grew up in a drunkard's home, this is the testimony of every believer. Because you must understand tonight, there's nobody more saved or less saved. Either you are saved by the grace of God or you are not saved at all. Either God reached down further than you could ever reach up or you have never experienced salvation inside of your life. God would let me tonight. I want to preach on the story and the testimony of every child of God. We understand in 1 Samuel it begins in context in chapter number 17, David had been in the shepherd's field. By this time, he is anointed king of Israel. God had a plan and God had a purpose for this young man named David. We find in First Samuel chapter number 17 that story that is very familiar in the life of every believer. He was standing against a giant that no one else would stand against. Saul said, David, I'll give you my armor. But David understood something that we have forgotten in our churches. David understood something that we have forgotten in our pulpits. David understood that it wasn't about the king's armor, but it was about the power and the anointing of the holy God. That's where the victory will come inside of your life. David said, I'll go in the power of God. First Samuel chapter number 17 we find that David is killing giants in 1 Samuel chapter number 18 uh, we see the great story of the covenant with David and Jonathan but in chapter number 18 and verse number 5 uh, King Saul becomes jealous of David they were chanting the name of David now David is a champion among that place and those people and this wicked king becomes very jealous Of this young man that is anointed of God. We see in one time that David is experiencing the greatest victory of his life. But as we step into this chapter in chapter number 21. He is fleeing. He is running. Now David is living in some of the darkest days of his life. But what we are about to find in chapter number 21. Not when David is killing giants. Not when they are chanting the name of David. Uh, Not when he's experiencing the victory in his life but in chapter number 21 now that David uh, is experiencing some of the darkest days of his life it is the testimony of every believer. It is the testimony of every child of God. Uh, Do you understand tonight? You don't get saved when you want to. Uh, You don't get saved just saying a few words but there must be Holy Ghost conviction upon your life. There must be a time uh, when God chooses you and allows you to come to him I'm glad whosoever can call upon the name of the Lord but you don't call when you want to you call when you're convicted by the Holy Spirit of God and God will put you in a place you're not in victory now you're not killing giants now but you're flat on your back before a holy God 1 Samuel chapter number 21, then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid, watch this, at the meeting of David. Now this great champion, in his presence, there is a fear when he walks in the room. I want you to take this verse in the next few days and to study this fear that is experienced in the life of David because we, you and I as children of God now some 4,000 years later we have gotten away from the things of fear and the fear of God inside of our life we just come into the house of God and think it is a social scene we just open our Bible and think it's a fairy tale we'll miss Sunday night service for a football game instead of getting in the presence of God there's no fear of God in this day and hour there's no fear in your presence do we understand it tonight if he was holy then he's holy tonight if he was king of kings then he's still the king of kings tonight there was fear in the presence of David he was afraid the meeting of David said unto him why art thou alone and no man with thee can I say these three things and we're done tonight we find in this story now David is experiencing not victory now David is not the great champion but now David is living in the worst days of his life and it is a and a type of the story and the testimony of every child of God whether you was raised in church or whether you knew nothing of God we must come to God the same way it is through the Lord Jesus Christ it is because of the blood of Calvary there is only one way to God it is not through your mere religion it is not through man made denomination but it is only through Jesus Jesus Christ. So I must say number one, there's purpose and deception in the testimony of every believer. Watch the Bible. Verse number two, this giant killer, this champion among men, David said, unto Ahimelech the priest, the king hath commanded me a, a And has said unto me let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee and what I have commanded thee and I have appointed my servants to such a place in David's life. At this moment one writer said a lie is never condoned. Deception is never condoned by the scripture. Lying and deception are never portrayed as an acceptable lifestyle for the believer. This incident is recorded merely as the history historical fact, knowing that now David, this great champion, he is a purposeful liar. He is deceiving uh, this priest. He is coming into this place. He is not killing giants now. He is not throwing stones now with a sling uh, but now he is deceiving the priest. You know what the Bible says? Can we not be reminded uh, it doesn't matter if you are saved at the age of five uh, or saved as an adult. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Before salvation uh, you thought your religion could do it, you thought good works could do it, you are deceiving yourself, you are lying in yourself. There might be somebody sitting in here tonight, and you think because I'm a member of the Baptist Church, you think because I have on the right attire, you think because I carry a Bible that you're gonna make it to heaven. You are deceiving yourself, you are lying, you are living a life of deception. It's only because of the grace of God, it's only because of the blood of Jesus what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus how many people do I preach to every night of my life they're lying they're living a life of deception they're coming to the priest and they're deceiving him and they're lying to him you can die and go to hell with a certain town you can die and go to hell with the King James Bible on your lap you can die and go to hell living a religious life you're lying you're deceiving yourself but you'll never lie to God you'll never deceive God. It's only by the grace of God. Yes, sir. The testimony of every believer. Amen. There's purpose and deception. But number two there's providence and delight. Watch verse number three now. Therefore David speaking what is under thine hand? Speaking to the priest. Give me five loaves of bread in my hand and or what there is present. The priest, watch this providence and delight, how God provides mercy, answered, so David, said, there, there's no common bread in my hand. What's common bread? It's ordinary bread. It's bread for everybody. It's bread anybody could be associated with that particular bread. But the priest said, we got a problem, David. I don't have any common bread, I I don't have nothing that's available. And then this particular verse and the verse beyond it is one of the greatest pictures of mercy of God in the life of any man and any woman. Look what the priest said. I have no common bread under my hand, but here's what I have. There is hallowed bread that is holy bread if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men, their bodies are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel, but watch this providence of God, you know what the prophet said about God, he delighteth in mercy, watch the delight of God in verse number 6, so the priest, he didn't give him common bread, he gave him hallowed bread, he gave him the show bread, he showed mercy upon David, he showed mercy upon those men You know why you're saved tonight? Because God gave you something you didn't deserve. God put you in a place that you couldn't get there by yourself. We're just common people. I'm just a common man. But I'm glad I serve a God that showed me mercy. I'm glad I serve a God that gave me something I never could earn, that gave me something I didn't deserve. It's the delight of God to show mercy to the children. Of God. He delights in this mercy. The shawl bread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. In the day in the life of David, he was being deceived. He was lying, but God showed him mercy. It's the testimony of every believer. God gave him something that he didn't deserve. You know why I'm standing here tonight? God gave me something that I didn't deserve. You know why I'm still living tonight? God gave me bread. That I couldn't get from nowhere else. I'm glad we don't live by bread alone. But God through the salvation. And the sanctity of that bread. God has spiritually fed us. God will spiritually fill you. It's only the bread. That can come from the Holy Ghost of God. It's the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a purpose and deception. In the testimony of every believer. There's providence and delight. In the testimony of every believer. But here's the message, and I'm done. Look at verse number seven. Look at the past and deliverance of every believer. Watch verse number seven. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. We must remind ourselves in the context David is running from Saul, David is running from those men, and there's a certain man there that wants to kill David. So, watch the Bible before the Lord and his name was Doag and Edomite, the chiefest just an ordinary man, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged what a picture of Satan. What a picture of the devil that was trying to destroy your life. You come to the house of God, but Satan followed you here. You tried to go home, but Satan went home with you. He did everything he could before he was saved. He tried every tactic, He lied in every way. He wanted to destroy your life. Why? He was the chiefest of the herdmen. Belonged to Saul. But watch the past and deliver it. David said unto Himelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me. Why? Because the king's business required haste. But look what God did for David. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Whom thou slewest in the valley of the law, behold, where is it at? It is here, wrapped in a cloth, behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it. Why? For there is no other save that here. And look what David said. And David said, there is none like that. Give it me. You know what God did? David had deceived. David was lying to the priest. But God showed him mercy in that place. And God began to bless the past faithfulness of David. And he delivered him the greatest sword that was in the land. The greatest sword that could have been occupied. It just happened to be in that room. It just happened to be in that place. It was just a great coincidence that God led David to that place. Can I remind you, Dr. Sightley put it best, there are no accidents in the mind of God. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? God didn't put you here by accident. God didn't lead you here by accident. Your deliverance, God has everything that you need. The exact sword was then in exact It was the deliverance of David. Remember when God saved you? God put the person. God put the verse. God put the message God put you in the room God put you in the place whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I'm glad God will take a whosoever and draw him by the Holy Ghost of God and put him where he needs to be I'll tell you what your testimony is same testimony I God put me in the right place God put me with the right person and God delivered me for my salvation God took the very sword that David used to cut off the head of Goliath and put it in that room. The testimony of every believer. There's purpose and deception. There's providence and delight, mercy. There's a past and deliverance. Can I say tonight... Every week of my life, I'm preaching to people. They're dressed right. They look right. They might even have the right Bible. But they're lost. This is not your testimony. You haven't got past the purpose and deception. You've never experienced the delight, the mercy of God. My father was a drunkard, got saved by the grace of God, been serving Jesus now for almost 50 years. But I was raised in church. And I needed the same grace that my father needed. Some of you are so deceived by religion. Many of you, you have been raised in church and you know what the Bible said and you made your little profession of faith, but there has never been a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. What is your testimony? What is your story? One Southern Baptist preacher of years gone by said that he believed that 75% of the Baptists sitting in pews on Sunday morning are lost without God because they never get past the deception. Yes, yeah, sir. God help us. Caleb, my Rachel went to heaven. I was in the hospital room on November 15th. People were around the bed. I'd been sitting by the bed just begging God. My father walked in the hospital room a little bit after midnight. Everybody got quiet and still. He began to pray in an audible voice but you couldn't understand what he was saying. He took those big hands and laid them on the rail of that bed and got a hold of God the fear of God ran through my body afraid to even look up he took his hands off the bed and he walked away there's no doubt in my mind my Rachel's in heaven tonight What about your loved one? You're right. What about that mother and father that served God for all those years? Are you deceiving them? What about that son and daughter that thinks you're saved? Because you're Baptist. You've never experienced something you didn't deserve. What about that husband thinks he's married to a Christian woman? She's never had the deliverance in her past. I fear, not in this meeting, but I fear in many meetings there's preachers behind the pulpit. Oh, you're right. oh, yes, sir. That know how to do it. Sure. They know what to say. They can move the crowd with their entertaining thoughts and their motivation of speaking, but they have never had a relationship. The deception, the lies, no relationship. This is the story of every believer. But is it your story? Whether you was a drunk, whether you got addicted to pills, or whether you got saved in Sunday school, this is your story. If you're his child. But I wonder tonight, is this your testimony? There's a lady the church where I grew up. And this time she was in her early 80s. She had a family member that was sick. I come by just to see her and encourage her. I walked in her living room and tears began to run down her face. She said, "Brother Dale, how do you know you're saved?" I said, "Miss Nettie, are you saved?" She said, "I don't know." I took the Bible. I tried to show her. But she never would come to the place. Say, I need Jesus. I'm so afraid that that lady that was in my home church almost for 60 years is in hell tonight without God. Mm. Travis, yes. as an evangelist, how many times? Mm. We thought we had revival. You don't have revival when half the crowd's still lost without God. Amen. Oh, you can have an emotional moving experience. You can get in the right evangelist. You can get in the right singing group. And you can have a wonderful time. But revival will allow Holy Ghost conviction to fall. Revival will not move forward till a choice A decision has been made. I know my Rachel's in heaven. And I know that I'm going to see her again. What about you? I want my brother to come and just to play softly on the piano. Let's all stand with every head bowed, every eye closed. He's going to begin to softly play, every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not going to ask you if you're saved because you'll be too tempted to raise your hand. (laughs) But I want to ask every believer to come to this altar in just a moment and say, Lord, thank you.